Welcome to the Arena Deathless Podcast. I'm Jerry Thompson, joined by Brian Gottlieb. I am in a new place. I have moved all of my stuff into this place. But I wouldn't say I've moved in quite yet. So no stream, uh, at least for the podcast this week. I might do some streaming later if I find the time and the energy and all that. But I got I got a lot of stuff to do. A lot of unpacking. I feel for you. One of my least favorite activities on the planet is unpacking and organizing. And I'm sure if I wanted to look really hard, there's probably still things that are theoretically waiting to be unpacked from my move, <laughs> uh, which is now eight months ago. So I'm, I'm not going to look too hard. I'm just going, to, I'm living my life fine. Whatever is still packed away, I probably didn't need anyway. So. Right. Uh, I was in my last place for two years, right? And maybe not half, but like a third of my stuff was still in boxes. Kind of kind of because I knew that I would move eventually because the house that I was in was so bad. Yeah, really, there's no excuse for it. And I hope that in this place, even though, I, again, I don't plan on being here for super long, hopefully I can unpack everything. And Because I, I don't mind the organization and I like having the stuff be there, you know, and then if I go through stuff... Uh, I kind of already have like a soft list of stuff that I want to get rid of or donate or whatever. So maybe that can give me the motivation to get that stuff done too. A really good rule, rule that my wife and I used in all of our moves basically was that if we didn't use it since the last move, then we had to get rid of it. So when we found the thing that was still in the box and we're like, oh, we didn't even know we had this. And it's obviously packed from like the last place we were in. It, it doesn't go to another place. You get one move, that's it. And then your lifespan is over and you get donated and you figure out a better home than uh, my wasteful self. Yeah, it's weird because I unpacked a decent amount of clothes in the last place and I didn't really do a lot of uh, acquiring of new things. Mm -hmm. So that was good. But then as I was kind of like packing to come to this place, I was consolidating some boxes and like found some old clothes and I was like, oh, that's where this was. You know, I forgot I had this hoodie or whatever. I love this hoodie. So, you know, some of it might make it back into the rotation, but definitely a lot of it is just like, you, you don't need this stuff, man. See, if you are like me and you just commit yourself to an all pie diet, then you can just naturally work those old clothes out of your wardrobe anyway. And you'll then further motivate yourself to really clean out your closet every now and then. Mono pie. Yeah. Cherry strawberry rhubarb you don't like pie right you're not not a big pie fan not really there there are like some apple pies you know that are pretty solid but like this is not really my thing it's just like something about the area i live in it's very like country-esque and homey and so there's a lot of orchards around you're you're just a cracker barrel yeah i mean I don't really like the Cracker Barrel all that much. I hope <laughs> I hope these things are better than a Cracker Barrel. And, and they are, from my experience. I've only been to Cracker Barrel like once in my life. I'm not a huge fan. That was all it took. Yeah. But I have a lot of orchards, a lot of like farm stands, and they all make their own pies. And I'm like, well, I got to try them all. Like they're all different flavors and they all have their own recipes. So not not the best move if you're trying to get the most use out of your clothes possible. But if you love pie, it's quite the lifestyle. Word. My desk is about halfway set up. I have access to one monitor currently. That's enough to record this podcast. So that's good. Yeah, very nice. We have to be very focused in our topic selection, though, because if we go too far, you won't have enough monitors to support it. Mm, yeah, that's fair. My camera was on earlier just to test it. And it's just like, it looks 
horrendous behind me because it's just like there's you know part of a bed put together there's boxes everywhere like whatever so hopefully i can get that stuff handled and like i I don't mind doing this stuff it's just like the last few days i you know wrote my last article for scg and it turned out to be like twice as long as my average article or whatever and i'm trying to get stuff done with you know getting everything out of the the house that i was just in and get it cleaned and everything trying to book all that stuff and just i'm tired man I, I like doing the organizing and everything. I will get that stuff done. I just need to get some energy, you know? I feel you. I feel you. A lot of stuff going on in our lives, in, in the world, just shaking things up all over the place. And sometimes it's tough to get that that burst you need to get over the finish line. I have faith in you, though. You'll get there eventually. I woke up today with more energy than I had like the last three days. So we're, we're getting there. It's how much of that was Red Bull derived and how much was just like natural energy? I think, I mean, the Red Bull was keeping me on life support, you know? Okay. The, the day I moved, I was up for, I think, 27 hours. It's not good. No. it's not. I mean, I used to operate like this, so I'm not judging you. But uh, Oh, I did. I did too. You know, yeah. but I, obviously, I'd, back then I could do it and it would be fine. It is very different as you get older. I, yeah. I agree with that. Uh, so, you know, hour 18 or so, I, I was definitely dragging my feet a little bit, you know, and was just very, very dead at the end of it, but. Uh, I think I think Red Bull did some work there. Well, shout outs to Red Bull, as always, for keeping Jerry alive and always. able to produce this content. Even if they don't sponsor us, they indirectly uh, sponsor its existence. So. They sponsor my life, so it's fine. Right. And then I, I put their kids through college, so it all works out. Perfect. Anyway, standard is a thing that is technically happening. I suppose we can talk about that. It is weird not having you know, structured events, really. Like, there are some SCG con events, and it's just like, I don't know, people are just copy-pasting the same modern list, so there's not really anything there. Pioneer is kind of a mess. And Standard is actually interesting, at least to me, so I prefer to talk about that. I agree with you. I don't know if that's what the people are most focused on. It's sort of hard to say. Like, if I were looking for some guidance from the events that are happening, there's an arena open. It's sealed. Not going to talk about sealed. We did once, but I, I have to really love the limited format. And I I can't comment on this limited format. I haven't tried it. So I've been uh, only messing with Constructed because Constructed was interesting to me. So we may as well do what I have mostly been participating in. That is standard. I, I guess we could talk about like alchemy historic nerfs. Zombies are good, Jerry. Are, are you excited about the zombie decks going on over in, in alchemy? I haven't seen them. Uh, what what happened? They, they may not be real. I don't. I, they just took like one mana off a bunch of various zombie cards, and now you can play zombies if you is, want. Is this recent? Yeah, like yesterday. What? Yeah. Okay, I, I gotta look this up. All right, go ahead. We can we can pause while you go ahead and get acquainted with the most recent alchemy and historic changes. By the way, fires of invention unbanned. Moved to oh, five. Oh, okay. So five I, mana. I saw some tweets about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just I don't know people mentioning fires but i didn't know in like what context this is the context historic unbanning Ooh, okay cobbled lancer is nice i've tried with cobbled lancer i think that card has potential we're taking two mana off the activation sure it's something uh death priest of merkel is whatever you know you know the problem with this though like am i really gonna go craft all these zombie cards so I can try out this zombie deck, which is like they are attempting to shoehorn in the same way they attempted to shoehorn in the dungeon deck in the last update. Like that seems to be their 
MO for doing these alchemy updates is they find an archetype they want to artificially inflate for some reason because like it, they thought it would hit and it it didn't, I guess, is the main motivator. And so they pump it up a little bit. And in the case of like the dungeon stuff, it was fine. I don't think it really altered anything all that much. Although who knows? Because there's nothing to check in on as far as the alchemy format goes. So Yeah, I'm I'm reading this stuff. I, I really don't like the the heavy-handed we're we're buffing six six zombies or whatever. Me neither. I'm right there with you. The entire experiment has not worked out the way I hoped it would. And I am, as I said last week, I was just completely ready to be done with it. But I, I know you're a zombie fan, so I wanted to give you your moment in case it was exciting news to you. But it turns out you didn't even know it happened. So. No. I mean, it's it's exciting, I guess, until you actually like read about the cards. And it's like, well, this doesn't really move the needle for me, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure who it's for. I, I just am not. I, I thought the Alchemy Genesis was like making a format for the most invested, highly competitive players. And then removing one mana from a bunch of zombies doesn't speak that way to me whatsoever. Yeah, Cosmos Charger. They buffed Tybalt? A lot of changes. Town Razor Tyrant with a deserving nerf. I guess. I guess. Okay. I did see something about that too. I don't know. Cube April said something about it getting nerfed twice. And I was just like, I don't know. Did it? I just scrolled past it. Uh, I guess I never used the second plus one on Tybalt, so that kind of makes sense. But like that card was solid already. You might be one of the 10 people on the planet that knows that. That knows what? That Tybalt was solid. Like how many people are out there just grinding games with Tybalt? Oh, dude, I don't know. I crafted like three Tybalt. So that's where three of my, my mythic wild cards went when I went to write an article about Monored. You'll never get those Tybalt's back. Vega getting Ward is cool. Tannerizer Tyrant ability deals damage in the end step instead of upkeep. Damn. Does that excite you? Does that make you want to go sign up for no. an alchemy event? No, it makes me mad that I crafted these cards. Agreed. Right, We're on the same page. Yeah, fire is costing five. I, th- I think that that's fine. Fire is costing five on band, sure. But like, again, <laughs> your response is exactly right. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a thing they can do, and it's fine. Like, all these right. changes seem fine. Sure. But who cares? I, I don't know. You're not motivating anyone to, like, invest in this. It's, it's so purposeless. It all feels so purposeless. That's that's the biggest knock I can give against it. Yeah. So, wait. This is... Is this live for the championship? Yep. They changed it 10 days before the championship. What the fuck, dude? They're not... Okay, so they're not releasing... The alchemy from Kamigawa. Correct. For the thing. Yes. Because it was like, oh, we want to give people time to prepare. And then they do. The, I mean, great. It's a bunch of zombie stuff, but it's like, it's still enough to be like worth exploring. Right. It's like, I, I've seen a lot of the people who were qualified for that event who had been streaming alchemy and like trying to like learn the format and be prepared and stuff. And then they just do this shit. What the hell? Purposeless. All of these are things they can do. I, I don't know why they do any of it. I, I just don't. Like, I, I don't care if you want to change a format right before the format. I think that's interesting and, like, it, cool okay. and a puzzle. You don't you do not do it 10 days before the event. Well, no, you can. You can, you can do that. But, like, be clear. That's all you have to do. Any of these yeah, things are acceptable if you I, are clear. I'm just saying, like, you know that... The, the Kamigawa alchemy set is going to drop relatively soon, right? Why don't you just wait for that to happen to do all these like buffs and nerfs or whatever? 
Jerry, I can't answer any of these questions for you because I, I could okay. argue for yeah, doing yeah, yeah. any of these things. Like on either side of the equation, if you wanted to do one or the other, I think you Pick can make lane. a good faith argument. Pick to lane. Yeah, it, it's fine. But you have to present the argument. They don't even try. They don't even try and say, this is what we are doing with this format. They just arbitrarily do this stuff. There's no guidance. There's no purpose. And therefore, I do not care. I, you just can't make me care about this. Well, I mean, we care enough to complain about it, I guess, but. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't have a show on which to do that, then I wouldn't even glance. Yeah. At it. yeah so, that's, that's fair. That's fair. You are fueling my content wizards of the coast. And for that, I thank you. All right. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about this shit anymore. It's okay. There, there are far more serious things going on in the world to be depressed about. You know, I know. So I want to talk about that. Actually. It's so weird because there are major things happening in our lives, in our business lives, in our personal lives, all these things are like, as they relate to us, they're so important. And then like other things happen. And I, I'm not going to like weigh in with an opinion on what's going on because I I just don't understand enough where I think like it's worthwhile to put forth an opinion. I just know I, I worry about people. I care about people. I don't want anyone to suffer or be hurt. And obviously a lot of people are going to suffer and be hurt. And it's so hard to be like invested in your own outcomes when that's going on. Do you know what I mean? Because the things we are upset about, I know they're meaningless. Like ultimately taking my wild cards is the the dumbest thing I could possibly could be concerned about given that backdrop. But that's always the case. Like how do you live a life if you spend it not obsessed about the stupid things because then you have to confront these very real, very horrible things, which are constantly going on in the background. And this is like an actual question. Like what, do, what do you do here? I don't know. The, the more that I have started to care about those things, the less energy I've had as a whole to the point where, it, you know, the, the pandemic started and people were just doing asinine stuff. Right. And then George Floyd happens not that long after and just like all that stuff erupted. And it's just like, I, I gave a shit and also, you know, did what I could, but felt very helpless at the same time because right. there's only so much that one individual can do. Right. And it's just like, I feel like I should be doing more. I want to be able to do more, but like, what the hell can I do? And also just like the stuff that you can do, it's just like, is this actually going to make a big enough difference for it to matter or, is just a drop in the bucket, you know, which, which also makes everything feel hopeless. So uh, definitely like the, the first year of the pandemic overall, I, I felt like just very shitty in general and probably like for the first half of the second uh, year of it too. And I'm, I'm trying to come around to the idea of like not, not caring about those things. Like I still want to care about those things. Like I basically have to, but try to do it in a way that it, it doesn't like monopolize my energy, you know, mm -hmm. because I still need to be productive. And it's just like, that's kind of why when SCG lays this off and it's like, oh, well now I actually have to get off my ass and do stuff. And it like gives me a reason to be motivated and everything. It's like, that's, that's actually like a net good thing because I didn't have the energy to be motivated before. Mm. So I agree with you, man. All this, all this shit is hard. And 
I, I, I just think that I, I'm still trying to figure it out too, as far as like how to, how to care, but not let it just like monopolize you because you're, you're just going to be a mess. Like I was for a year and a half. And like, I, right. I still basically am, but like, I'm, I'm doing a little bit better, you know? Yeah. It was just like yesterday in particular was such a weird gamut of emotions to go through because I, I published my last article, which is like a, it was a more emotional thing than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I got a job. I'm going to go do some coverage for Flesh and Blood. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. So like I'm I'm kind of up from that. And then the situation happens in the Ukraine as night unfolds, and now I'm worried about people I know there, and it's it's, it's this whole roller coaster where h- how do you focus on anything that is so like minute in its impact and then show up and get angry about the cards that were nerfed in alchemy. It's, it all feels very silly, but I, I guess just like I'm acknowledge, not, acknowledge it feels silly and move on. Like what else can you really do? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not like actually upset. It's just like more bullshit in a long line of bullshit where it's like, why are you doing this 10 days out? It's just like, I, I am, I'm not surprised, but that also, makes me just be like, God damn it. Right. Because this stuff keeps happening. It's not like, Oh wow. They made, you know, they made a mistake and they had no idea that this would be a mistake or whatever. It's just like, no, you just did more of the same shit. So like, it's, it's comical to me. I, I, I've run out of like spoons to be like actually upset at like their bad decision-making. Just find the joy, find the joy in the nonsense. And so like also in line with, me just not having energy for like anything and feeling like a jackass for, you know, talking about or tweeting the minute bullshit or whatever. It's like, it's basically why I haven't really used Twitter for the last couple of years. It's just like, it feels so silly to talk about like, Oh, I like this card or whatever, when all the other stuff is going on in the world. And for an example, it's just like, you know, there's stuff happening in, uh, Texas, right? And it's like, I right. had I had like a retweet of that and then of someone doing like giveaway related to trying to raise money for Trans Lifeline and stuff. And then I just like tweeted about my last article and then there was like an, another retweet I did about the, the Texas shit. And it's just like, I feel like a jackass. It's jarring. It's, re- it's really jarring as like both someone seeing it and someone who's doing the same thing. It's, it's just so discordant and odd. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I like I said, I, I don't really have a purpose with bringing it up. It's just been on my mind and I'd rather put it out there. If you know, I seem distracted or not all there. That's probably true. I felt like that for a while. And uh, a lot of it comes from just worrying about people's scenarios. So if, if you are someone who's struggling with these things right now, I guess like, just thanks for showing up and, and letting us be kind of stupid and kind of unimportant for you for a little while. Yeah. Hopefully I mean, that's, the, that's the doing show, good, the show know? is the show, right? Right. We're, we're here to talk about magic and occasionally some other stuff and, you know, maybe let our personality shine through or whatever. But it's like, if you, if you click on the show, you should know what you're getting into. Yeah. So th- this is the place where I think we are allowed to, baby wine about Watsy decisions or whatever, okay. you know? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm on I, board with that. I, I think that that's fine. Uh, Twitter is like a little bit weirder, but in, in the case of, of the things that are affecting us personally, we're just like, you know, you're, you got, you got another job, right? Uh, so yeah. that that's dope as hell, but 
you know, losing the, the cushy SCG gig that we had for, you know, for you, it was even like a long time, but for me, it was like a long time. Forever. Yeah. Right. That, that is a big deal to us. It affects us personally. And I would hope that people do not either like take offense or be like, Oh, you know, you care about this shit instead of like real world issues or whatever. It's like, this is a real world issue for us, you know? And like some of the, some of the magic stuff that even happens is a, a thing that like affects us very deeply, you know? And I don't know. I've, I've had conversations with friends before where they would say something to the effect of like, Oh, you know, first world problems or whatever. And it's just like, you know what? Fuck you. Because it's not like, because I complain about thing a means that I don't care about. You thing don't know B. about thing B. Yeah. Right. So am I just not allowed to complain or vent or like talk about this thing that I'm thinking about or that's affecting me? And it's just like, I want our, our friendships to be safe spaces where we're allowed to talk about stuff with no judgment. And for whatever reason, I feel like I, I, sh- I should not have that ability with my, my Twitter account, you know, but that's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's weird because it's like, it's different you, when it's, it's almost like forced communication, right? It's like a, a, a broadcast rather than a tune in. Yeah. Like you're driving around in a van blaring the podcast at people, then maybe you have a different set of responsibilities. That's kind of what Twitter is. It's just like a loud, annoying van that blasts through your neighborhood and like makes you listen to it. And and granted, you could just not open it. I, I think it would be different if it wasn't like, oh, I liked this thing, so it's going to show up on someone's timeline or like, mm. you know, someone someone retweets me, so it shows up on someone else's timeline or whatever. Right. It's almost designed to be as intrusive as possible. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, th- that's what makes me feel like I'm I'm broadcasting and just like blasting it to everyone versus like if my account were on private, you know, which I, I would like to do, but is not very feasible considering like some of the stuff that is like business related, I do want to reach multiple people, you know? So right. it's, it's messed up. I don't know. But regardless, it's just like, if you if you feel like someone is complaining about arena while war is breaking out in Ukraine or what it's like you don't know that you know and I, I think that if someone is like oh, I actually just don't care about that it's like well okay well then maybe you should take issue with that but like I don't know man uh, I I have not like tweeted about it or said anything about it but it's like I feel the same way as you where it's like I'm obviously like in general war bad right. Uh, that is that is my general feeling. But yeah, it's like I don't know enough about what's going on to like have anything worth saying to people. It's like if you want to find information about it, it's like you should not be coming to me about right. that. Right. Yep. So yep. just because I don't tweet about it doesn't mean I don't care about it. Uh, I barely use Twitter as is. But in the case of like me writing my last article for SCG, it's like I, I, it doesn't really matter what's going on in the world. It's like I'm probably going to post about it because it is a thing that does matter to me and is important. And in the case of like me losing like two thirds of my income, it's like, yeah, I hope that I, I tweet about it. Let people know that I'm not writing for SCG anymore. And that if you want to read my stuff, like go to these other places, right? Like Hmm. that, that does matter to me. That keeps me alive. We can, we can talk more about that at, uh, at the end of the podcast. We will. I I apologize for, for dragging us through this, this morass again. No, uh, man, it's, it's all good. I mean, maybe not for the listeners, but like, I, I enjoy talking about this stuff. You know, this stuff does matter to me. Like I said, like I care if it intrudes into 
the podcast, even though the podcast was supposed to be about magic or whatever. It's like, it is what it is. Word. So let's talk about magic then. Standard. Where, where are you at, Gerald? You got anything you want to play in standard? You got anything happening that is interesting to you? I could give you the whole Breaker Horror account if, if that's what you're here for. I know people are dying to hear that one. It wasn't it wasn't bad. It was okay. There's whole Breaker Horrors there, but it, it wasn't quite as horrific as maybe as I expected it to be. Did win the first challenge of the weekend, and uh, our, buddy, our buddy Daniel showed up in the second challenge, took a fourth place, couldn't quite take that one down. So not a complete dominant weekend for Holebreaker Horror, but there were a lot of copies floating around. Standard standard looking is it, Dex? Yeah, uh, obviously still good. I think people are taking a few more steps towards uh, fighting that issue, right? But it is, it is weird. It definitely feels like, I don't know, kind of like the olden days where you remember when there just weren't standard PTQs or Grand Prix's? Are you talking about during, say, a, bl- a block season or something like that? Or no, like when they just didn't exist. Period. Like during during OG Kamigawa. That's that's not a time where I was participating in the PTQ system. So okay. no, I I don't remember that. Yeah, just for whatever reason, it was like you know, standard is kind of like our F and M format, even though F and M was not a thing, and they're just like, oh, maybe it's not like the most competitive format or whatever. So we're not gonna do GPs and stuff with it. And it was always like extended and, you know, for whatever reason, block, they consider block to be like more of a competitive format than standard. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, it was like extended block sealed were the PTQ formats. And then that that changed at some point, but there were standard formats that were just like completely busted or like probably completely busted, like heartbeat to spring combo, for example, I think uh, like they, they had the magic online data where it was like this deck is it was over 60%. It was like 62 or 63%, but like no one really knew it because there weren't super high level tournaments happening like every week. Mm-hmm. And this format kind of feels like that where there's not this driving motivator for people to bring like the best list every week necessarily. And, you know, the standard challenges are that for sure, but they're also like relatively small and it appeals to a small subsection of people. So you're not getting like the most eyes on it versus like, what normally happened for a set's life cycle was like it would come out, people would play it on arena for two weeks, a pro tour would happen, that would set the metagame, there would be some Grand Prix, you know, like the format would churn like week to week. And now it still just seems like people are just doing whatever the hell they want. And it kind of feels good, honestly, just like not knowing what is actually the best thing to be doing. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so I think the experience you're describing – it always depended on specific fields. Like, for instance, I can tell you about a tournament I played in the Callblade era when, you know, you would go to an SCG Tour event and you would play Callblade Mirrors all day. And that was how the metagame was evolving. It was clear it was the right thing to do. At exactly that same time, I went to a local event that was, like, fairly large. It was at a convention there was probably 70 people playing standard and I don't, I don't remember what the prize was. It was, it was decent, uh, you know, probably like six boxes or something like that. Yeah. Love those tournaments, dude. Love yeah. Them. It, it was great. That was like a fixture of what magic used to be, but I, I won that tournament playing Callblade and was actually the only person in the room playing Callblade. Yeah. Actual only just me. And I was like, well, this was free. Thank you very much, everyone. But it's still, it was at a moment where like it, it wasn't debatable that Callblade was the best deck. And then you'd go forward a, a month or so and these cards get banned. Jace gets banned. Stoneforge Mystic 
gets banned. And meanwhile, everyone chose to show up with like mono green Eldrazi. And I played against rug a bunch like Lotus Cobra rug at, uh, at that time. So there, it, it depends on the metagames, whether those incentives are actually like acted upon magic online. I expect to always act upon those incentives. So it's a little weird to see how diverse things are when I, when I do yes believe no. this is to be the best, like pretty clearly the best deck and, it, it goes ahead and wins this tournament, despite what seems to be low representation, uh, at least if you're judging by the top, you know, 16 deck lists that we have. But go ahead with your point. Why, why do you say yes and no? So I'm, I'm pretty spiky, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I'm like a spike that exists in the realm of decks that he likes. So when things align and maybe like Delver's the best deck or Cobblade is the best deck. I just get to thrive, right? Because I like the deck already and I'm super spiky. So I'm going to do a bunch of stuff to, to make it as best as it could possibly be. But like, say when like Primeval Titan decks are the best deck, I won't necessarily play them. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, well, if you're like a, a true spike, like that's, that is what you should be doing. And it's, it, it was just never how I really operated. And I tried to fix that. Like once I realized it, because like, I would want to tell myself like, Oh, I'm making like the best choice possible to like try and win this tournament because that is what I wanted. But what I, what I really wanted was to like play something that was like fun and comfortable. Well, you know, I, I wanted it to be the best thing to be doing, but like, that was just not true a lot of the time. But when, when like Delver was the best thing to be doing, it, it was just like accidental that I ended up playing it kind of. So I, I feel like Magic Online is like that too, where it's like the incentives are there for you to try your hardest and be as spiky as possible to win that tournament. But like people are still existing where they're comfortable and you will see people be like, oh, I'm, I'm playing like the best version of the deck that I'm comfortable with or the archetype that I'm comfortable with. And that's it. It's like th- there are some people that exist whose range is infinite and they truly do not care like what archetype they play or whatever. And I'm trying to become that person. but and magic online certainly has a lot of those people too. But like, I, I feel like even if Daniel Lacos, like, you know, maybe is, it is not the best deck. Maybe it's like the worst deck, right? Like they might still be playing it. And I don't know them or their preferences personally or whatever. Right. But like there, there are definitely those type of people where it's just like the stars align. And this is the thing that you'd be doing regardless of how good it was. And it just happens to be the best thing. So now you're crushing everyone. There is an idea gestating in my head right now, which is not quite fully formed. So hopefully you'll you'll tease it out with me. But what I am thinking is, so in my my farewell article, I wrote about the pyramid scheme of magic and how there's this belief in the Pro Tour that like supported an entire cottage industry and was actually the foundation of everything. And the moment that belief erodes, everything kind of has to erode around it. It just can't work without it. I am wondering if that actually has an effect on these events, which have not really changed in any meaningful way. They still represent the same value proposition. They still are putting forth the same payouts, basically, as they did when Pro Tour Dream was alive, well, and kicking. But but the absence of that dream for many people maybe some of the incentive to have like mastery over the best deck is dramatically reduced an actual incentive. And I hate to turn to this, but like how much more is clout worth 
in this environment than actually mastering the best possible deck you can master because you make up a deck like say this eighth place deck from mj23 i'm looking at in this standard challenge which is just a a unique take on basically azorius artifacts that i hadn't really seen anywhere before going really really tight curve network disruptor silver raven yeah. Um, genius smith and you know i've seen this yeah machoko's reign of truth that really cool deck list really neat idea solid finish how much more is it worth to win this event with this deck as like a value proposition than it is to actually master the is it deck and be able to turn that into oh i want a ptq and then i took it to a gp and i did well there and it turned into i made platinum this year do you know what i mean like there's this whole snowball that comes from mastering the best possible thing that you wouldn't think would be reflected in a very static event but may still be actually exerting its influence on what we see happening here yeah i i mean i think that that's entirely possible i like obviously you can't quantify the worth of clout because in a lot of instances, it doesn't necessarily translate to anything. Like if you are a content creator, then yeah, maybe it leads to like clicks and views and Patreon subs and stuff like that. But if you're just like a random person on the internet and you know, it's like, you don't even know if this person like tweeted that they top eight of the challenge with their deck or whatever. Right. It's like, I don't, yeah, I don't know that it's entirely possible that they just don't have social media and they weren't doing it for the cloud. It was just like, Oh, they built this deck. So they thought it looked sweet. Right. But if, if we are operating under the assumption that a lot of the people do tweet the results, which I do think is true, then the clout doesn't necessarily lead to monetary value, but it does give you like the good brain chemicals, right? I think it is hard to quantify when it leads to monetary value. I think it has a possibility of doing so. I mean, I, I can draw upon my own experience, right? So nobody knows who I am. I'm completely anonymous on the internet. I have a Twitter account. You show up at a Pro Tour with a Niv Magus Elemental deck. You mention it's from me, and I pick up a bunch of followers. I mean, this this happened. I'm, I'm telling you this was like an actual thing that I went through. So in the moment, what is the value of 50 followers? Nothing. It doesn't actually change your life in any meaningful way whatsoever. But when those 50 retweet you in the future... And then you reach 50 new ones and then it snowballs into this whole thing. And then you, you make a brand almost off of this thing. That seems like a way more stable path as, as wrought with uncertainty as all of that is. It seems like a more stable path than I'm going to win a PTQ and become a platinum pro at this juncture. Like that, cause that's not a real thing. So, but it, but it it could be, you know, in, in theory, right? Like, or, or maybe, you know, we, we could be talking about in the scope of three years ago. Where I, I yes. think that, yeah, it could lead to like you having a testing team or whatever for, yes. for an event and everything. And like that could have monetary value and everything. So, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It's uh, weird. I mean, it's a bunch of like completely unquantifiable value yes. propositions working against each other. I just think it's funny to try and tease out why this is happening and, and why things I think do look a little bit different than they used to on Magic and, Online. And I guess, I mean, we we are talking about the, the events happening in current day, right? So... Mm-hmm. There are still championship events, at least for the near future. Yep. And obviously it would behoove you to have a testing team for those events. So that pathway still exists, but in, and it's certainly like the content creation pathway still exists, but in the case of being platinum or whatever, that doesn't. But 
I don't know. I, I, I do think that there, like so much of the clout is just like clout for clout's sake, right? It's like you just mm-hmm. see like the big retweet numbers and the like numbers and it makes you all fuzzy and happy for like a day or half a day or however long it lasts, you know? And I, I think just a lot of people do like that, right? Like a lot of people can get addicted to that. I think maybe that happens more on like Instagram type of stuff than than Twitter, but I think the same phenomenon still exists. No, I think it's I think it's on every social media platform for sure. And um, th- there are certainly people out there who are just like, you know, I'm going to play something that is off meta and not even just like off meta, like, oh, I'm going to play mono white aggro instead of mono green aggro. But it's like my deck has to be like built around a card that people think sucks or my deck has to be doing something that like no other deck is doing. Like that is part of people's identity for sure. Mm-hmm. So just like I only play decks like that. I, I think that... These these challenges are certainly made up of people who are like, all right, I'm I'm gonna try and win the challenge so that I get moto rich. And then there are some people who are like, well, it's Saturday, I have nothing to do, so I'm gonna play a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are the people who are just like, I'm gonna play in every challenge, but also like I have to play by my own rules. You know, it's yeah. so like you're getting a good mix of it. And the difference now is that it is so like if there was like a standard challenge on Saturday and a standard PTQ on Sunday. I think you would see a lot of those PTQ hopefuls playing in the challenge. And right now with that not existing, then a lot of the tryhards are not playing in the challenges, right? Yeah. Or maybe you would be tryharding. Uh, you're going to play in the challenge regardless, but you're not going to try hard because you're not testing for a PTQ or anything. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that like the incentives are there monetarily. It's like you win the tournament, you win 300 bucks or something, but like they're the incentives to just like, be super spiky and operate at like the tippy top are not really there. It's like, you can do that if you enjoy that and you want to do it. But like, there are so many other ways to get fun, enjoyment, good brain chemicals out of the experience of playing in a challenge rather than just doing everything possible in your power to win. So again, I I don't know if that leads to like, Oh, fewer people are playing. Is it or whatever? Uh, it right. it kind of seems like it, right? Because it's like it won the same person won two challenges the week yeah. before, and, and then it wins the third challenge. Yeah, and and it wins the third challenge, and then you see. I mean, granted, like some of these decks, it's like the uh, Rune Four Champion Enchantress deck, Mono White Aggro, uh, Mono Green Aggro. Uh, I think that those you could make an argument for. Well, if everyone is going to play, is it then I'm going to be the person who plays spoiler to that. Mm. And then you see fifth place, Azorius Control. It's like, well, what the hell are you doing? Because that's terrible against Izzet, right? Yeah. So so what's the plan there? And then you have uh, a couple more Runeforge Champion decks and like this Azorius Artifact Beatdown deck where it's like, well, all these decks seem like they're they're pretty good against Izzet, right? Definitely built with Izzet in mind. Uh, ultimately, Izzet does conquer this top eight filled with these 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 runeforge champion decks which is a card that i tried to make work for so so long and i i guess i was just a little early and should have waited for all these cards because these decks look solid by the way yeah I, now I think, it's actually good yeah i think they look quite good uh you know if you haven't seen this this is basically all the enchantment creatures from kamigawa so generous visitor jukai naturalist kami of transients and they're combining with runeforge champion just kind of go off with your runes draw a bunch of cards you get kills out of nowhere uh, a lot of staying power, a lot of card advantage. So I, I'm excited about this deck's potential. 
And it wasn't really the only breakout deck we saw this weekend, although not so much reflected in these Magic Online results, but a lot of talk around these Goldspan Dragon quote-unquote combo decks at this point looking to do... What's the name of our storm card that we we got? I got excited about. It, I think I think you poo pooed this card when we we first saw it. The white card. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember its its name either. But essentially, at this point, just got combo using Goldspan Dragon and Leer to sort of go off with this card and make a bunch of treasures and have a bunch of mana and still just playing good cards. It's kind of like the Hanada deck in that way, where you're you're not going too far afield from the cards you're playing to get this very, very powerful package that can win you games out of nowhere. And uh, I, I think it's another cool thing to see added to this metagame. If there's a missing piece, I, I still don't see the small ball decks doing what I thought they could. They seem like they're getting outclassed by these big end games. What's your read on where things like, you know, Rakdos artifacts, say, stand at this moment? I think that there are the the traditional aggro decks that Rakdos is pretty good against, and then there's like the Runeforge Champion decks that it's probably pretty bad against. So you could you could make the argument that like oh Rakdos is supposed to play spoiler to the the true aggro decks, but it's like that's not really where we are, and it's also a little bit slow against Is it? So you would probably have to make the deck like more aggressive in order to be good there. Like you you do have some tools to be able to do that. Like Soul Ripper is obviously really yep. powerful. Yep. But yeah, it's just not like the the perfect metagame choice right now. So yeah, I mean, the the mid range decks, as always, against like the is it decks. If it's not Alrun's Epiphany, it's like Hallbreaker Horror, right? There's always there's going to be something that just leaves mid range uh, just you know feeling like they're they're doing the wrong thing during the format. Yeah. And that is that is the role being played right now by these decks uh, in, in multiple forms. I think all the Goldspan Dragon decks are doing a very good job punishing anything that's trying to do the small ball stuff. Or, you know, Hinata without Goldspan Dragon, which is starting to pop up also. Same same thing. You just have these big end games. And it, it's always about it's always going to be about finding a big end game. It's just the format is at its best when those big end games are things you can interact with. It, it's closer to that with Alrun's Epiphany gone. Still not a hundred percent on point. No, but like there's a lot of room for champions in this challenge, man. Yeah, in that challenge it was huge. And then, do you know how many were in the top eight of the next challenge? Uh, I'm guessing zero. Zero, zero, just completely disappears. And it, it's a it's a really good event for the Izzet decks. There's three Izzet decks, uh, as well as I believe two Hanada decks in the the top eight of the next challenge. So things swing very quickly in that direction it'd be fascinating to unpack the full metagame data like this is you know we get data from the arena events i really wish i was pulling data from these events instead like these are the ones i really care about and want to know how uh things are shaping up and instead we're forced to rely on the weird sample sizes and the weird circumstances that arena creates instead so uh, just a just a little bit of what could be if we were just getting better magic online data. If there was like an API for us to pull from, yeah. But again, it, maybe things are just better this way, man. It's like there is so maybe. much uncertainty with like what is good, what is the best thing you're supposed to be doing, and without a pro tour to directly tell people, it's like it, we've seen this where it's like we can talk about uh, something. Like say we just knew that is it was the best deck, we could shout it from the rooftops, and like people wouldn't necessarily believe us anyway. Absolutely not. Um, but if there, there were a pro tour and it won the pro tour, then everyone would believe it then. 
So mm, I, I don't even know that I believe that anymore, honestly. Like, just think it, about is its performance after the last Pro Tour, and people were like, oh, give it time, and we'll see what happens. And I mean, uh, to be fair, like, the arena things are not the same as Pro Tours. I don't think people give them the same credence, whether or not that is okay. valid or not. Uh, yeah. I, I think it is valid for whatever that's worth. But, yeah, they just don't garner the same amount of respect. And, like, some of it could just be, like, you knew that a Pro Tour was happening – um, and maybe you don't know that this event is happening, which gives the event itself like less clout or whatever. I don't know. But do you, th- do you think it's just a credibility issue with like tournament magic in general? It's it's less about like the specific pro tour, just more. There was a circuit of pro tour GP established players. You You knew this stuff was valid. And maybe when half the field tweets that they didn't care and they got handed a deck the night before it just it all looks silly and and kind of fake. I I think it's also very different if the system is incentivizing you in participating in it, right? So if you are a person who is grinding PTQs to try and get to the Pro Tour, obviously you care about the Pro Tour. And then when the Pro Tour happens, that means that you are going to give it credibility or it has credibility already in your eyes. But when so many people are priced out of like the MPL rival system and they're just like not participating in the circuit that exists. You're incentivized to treat it like a joke. Like right. it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's fascinating. I hadn't, I hadn't quite put that uh, bit of psychology together yet, but that, that is interesting. That fits very well with my, my pyramid theory where this, this pyramid is essential. And if you let the belief sort of I, fade <laughs> then you've got problems, I think pyramid is an apt description, but then it's like, there's just too much association with like pyramid schemes and like Ponzi schemes. And I start thinking about like NFTs and shit, you know? So it's like, I, I really hate the pyramid descriptor, even though it is it is very accurate. It was all I could come up with. And my theory was like, can there be a good pyramid scheme where yeah, it, en- it enriches a bunch of people underneath it? And like, I, I don't know. I Trickle down economics, baby. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, like all those systems suck. But like a lot, a lot of people had a lot of uh, good experiences brought to their life by this particular pyramid. And I know, I know. Not a lot of people made a lot of money from it. And it, it, is, it sure. is it is a pyramid for sure. And it's just like, man, pyramid schemes give pyramids a bad name, you know? Right, right. Oh, dear. So, yeah, I, I think that the, the incentives for the challenges are still somewhat ethereal, right? Because it's like people who are playing Magic Online are the, like people are playing for fun for the most part, just at the end of the day, that's usually what it comes down to. And some people have fun from winning. Some people have fun like playing their own decks, whatever. And before there used to be a lot of incentives for people to try hard the events and those just don't exist anymore. So it's like, I I don't think that this is necessarily the best data as far as figuring out what is the best thing or like what the format actually looks like, you know, what, what the tier list is and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting, uh, Interesting new world. I, I, I just keep coming back to the same points where it's it's very different. Have to adapt to it. But ultimately, like you said, these have been really fun events to follow. I appreciate what's coming out of them. I think Standard is in a better place than it's going to get credit for. And you know what that means, Gerald? It's time for an alchemy pro tour. Just got to fire it up. We finally got Standard where we need it to be. So let's just let's play I, a little I would, alchemy, baby. I would, dude, I would love to see a standard Pro Tour in this format. Uh, at least until it's like, oh, well, it turns out is it is the best thing to be doing. You know, then, then I'll be like, oh, I'll take it all back. Let's go back to the, 
the format where we don't know what's good. But the way things look now, it seems like Kamigawa did a good a good job with introducing like new archetypes, sideways archetypes, adding cards yep. to a bunch of different decks and yep. everything. I, I think the standard looks good right now. But part of that is because it's so ethereal and you actually don't know what's good. Yeah, I don't I don't want to like give a full pass because certainly a lot of the problems are of their own creation, but also like a little bit snake bit to at the moment when you're like, all right, we have this new solution. We're finally going to get away from standard and we're not going to be, we're not going to be subject to these really stale meta games and we can make an event people really care about. And it's like, well, uh, actually standards really good. And you sort of flubbed this other format and I don't think anyone cares about it, but this is the moment when we're finally doing this other thing. So you, you gotta kind of like feel for them if you have, uh, I guess you have to have a lot of empathy. But if you have a lot of empathy, you will feel for them. No? (laughs) I don't think I convinced you there, huh? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Whatever, man. (laughs) I'm I'm not, you know, super stoked about anything. It's like you you bring up alchemy and I'm already just like, God damn it, you know? I know. I know. I feel that. I don't know. I like like standard. I want to find time and energy to play in one of the challenges. I tried to, I think, like, not this last weekend, but the weekend before, but my sleep schedule is all messed up and you actually have to be on like kind of a reasonable sleep schedule to play in these events. At least if you're like, you know, U S East coast. Right. So when I'm, when I'm finally getting sleepy at like 6 AM, I'm probably not going to play in a challenge that weekend. Yeah. You have to do the, the wraparound where you're, you just push your sleep schedule that far off where you're just actually waking up at 6 AM ready to face the day. Yeah, Exactly. And it'll it'll take some time, but I, I think I can get there. I don't know. I, I think I sort of had that reset being up for the, the 27 hours on moving day where mm-hmm. I woke up this morning at 11 a.m. You know, that's pretty okay. close. Solid. I, think, close I, that I guess I, I still went to bed at like six, but, you know. All right. So you just didn't sleep. Uh, I mean, five hours is a lot for me, actually. That's tough, man. It's not it's not great, man. Like I said, the last two years have been not good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't lying. Uh, I used to, I used to have this superpower, man, where I could just like sleep anywhere. It just didn't matter. Just like in a car, on a plane, on the floor, whatever. And now I'm just like, I'm up for like 22 hours, and I'm like, can I please fall asleep? Yeah, I've I've always been super envious of the people who have that superpower because I never ever had it. Um, it just seemed unfathomable to me. And then I started to travel so much doing coverage that finally I got to the point where I would. I would take a nap on a plane. It, it worked for the first time in my life after, I don't, I mean, probably like by my 200th flight, I was ready to start taking naps and then we shut everything down and no more naps, but I might be napping again in the near future. Can't wait. Just snoozing away on the plane. You, you want to talk about content? I don't know. There's a lot of and, content and the, discourse. The going on. Yeah. What, future, what is the discourse? I feel like, I don't know. You were talking about some of the standard decks and whatever. And I feel like I was missing out on the discourse. So I feel like I'm probably missing out on this discourse too. No, I, I you know, obviously with Star City's run coming to an end, oh, every, yeah. everyone's got their goodbye articles coming and it is making you think about the state of content and the state of content production. And if I had a great deck to write about, I think I would have just written about it. Just been like, all right. You know, here's here's another sideboarding guide and just like not say anything about the fact that I'm leaving. But there wasn't anything. I didn't have like a solid thing that I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to write about this deck. You know, that would have been a very stoic approach. Um, I also didn't have like any real magic things I was dying to say. And 
I, I did a weird thing when I wrote my goodbye article where I, I didn't have any agenda when I did it. I was just like, well, let's just sit down. Like usually I'm like, I want to convey this idea. I didn't really know what was going to come out when I wrote it. I put it together. I hated it. And then I submitted it anyway. Cause I'm like, well, <laughs> that's the last article anyway. So let's just let it ride. Uh, and I don't know. Some people seem to have gotten a lot from it. So I am, I am glad that's the case. It was a strange note to go out on, but it definitely begs the question, what's next? And I feel like we should, we should talk about that. Well, when we were like, well, I guess we, we just have the, the Patreon left, you know, and, and that's it. I think things were a little bit different now with you picking up like these side gigs that are maybe like main gigs now. I don't know. I, I felt like we were both going to probably have to hit it pretty hard. And now it sort of feels like maybe you don't have to. Well, okay. This is, this is a weird conversation to have. Like, I, I like on air or at all? <laughs> no, at, at all. At okay. all. One of the reasons why. Again, dude, like, you know, no, no judgment, no nothing, you know, like it is what it is. Right. Yeah. One of the reasons why magic content has been a net good experience for me. And I, I never felt too stressed out about it or, or too like, I never, I never took it that super serious. Like I cared about what I did, but it, it never felt life or death. Um, is that I, I just don't really have to do it. Like there's, there's a bunch of other things I can do a bunch of other careers I could take if I had to. And ultimately it comes down to like, do I have something to say? The answer to that question right now is still, yes, I still have something to say, you know, is it the same things I was saying when I was working for star city? No, I I think they're, they're different things. And I think like, am I like putting my nose to the grindstone to produce even more written content? No, that's not my intention. Um, But do I have information I want to share with people? Do I have uh, value? I can still add to the ecosystem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that is different from maybe how things have to work for you in some ways. I mean, not to say you like can't do, you certainly can do other things, but like, for better or worse, I think you're this. This is this is your thing. You're all in on this. You you want this to be kind of like what you always do, as I understand it. And maybe there's like maybe there's some branching there. I just want I want to explore a bunch of opportunities and keep doing the things I love. And this continues to be something I love, so I want to keep doing it. But you know, if if things broke in a different way in the future, that wouldn't shock me. It, it, everything's on the table as far as I'm concerned. Word. Yeah, I mean, I I still love magic, right? And I've I've gotten some messages to the effect of like, oh, it sounds like you're on your way out, and it's just like, well, I I hope that that's not the case, you know? Right. I have spent like twenty years basically building kind of like a reputation, I suppose, and I think that I am good at my job, even if agreed. Maybe the amount to which people listen to me has waned when I'm not, you know, actively competing in like pro tours or whatever, which is frustrating, but I somewhat understandable, I suppose. So I, I love the game. I love most of the community. <laughs> Definitely not all of it, but I, I want to stick around. I want to be here. I want to keep doing this. And that is my plan. I, I, I do want to keep doing this. And 
you know, if there were something that I wanted to do more then maybe we could have that conversation, but I'm still going to have something to say about magic regardless of, you know, what percentage of my time gets spent elsewhere. Right. No, I think, I think we're on the exact same page then. I I don't think it's at at all a divergence. I think it's just, uh, you know, I, I expect that freedom from star city and that's not to say they had me under like particularly, uh, intense watch or reigns. I often felt I had, uh, freedom to express, express things how I wanted. Maybe topic selection was a little bit more cut and dry. Like, you know, there was tournaments to, to hype and formats to focus on. And that all made sense to me. I never objected to that with those reins off a little bit. I, think I'll probably get weirder. So people who like weird Brian, that's probably good news. People who don't, uh, maybe it's a little disappointing. But I, I also think like just putting forth some very compact, useful, quick information is a lot of where my bread is buttered. I, I always think about making an article for someone who's really busy, the way I used to be really busy, but still wants to have something to do with magic. So I can look at that article, be like, these are the best decks. Here's a version of it. Here's what's happening in standard. Cool. I'm good to go. Thanks for that. Thousand words, Brian. I'm up to speed. You've, you've got me ready to go. And I always like providing that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and I think a lot of what I will do will focus on that. And then there'll be weird stuff on top of it. I, I do want to try some stuff. And I, have, I definitely have some, some things planned that you know may or may not hit. We'll see. I actually had this idea that isn't feasible, but I think I could have like done some stuff to make it feasible where I don't know. So we're talking about the the challenge and like what type of person is like actually registering for that challenge and like, what are their motivations? And I I think about that a lot in terms of what sort of folks are consuming content, because like, if you're going to tournaments every week, I understand uh, what type of content you would consume. Like that was, that was what I did uh, every week for over a decade. Right. So those folks don't really exist anymore. And, you know, we see more and more people coming to the podcast and like talking about how they don't even really play magic anymore, but they still want to like keep up to date a little bit or Mm -hmm. at least, you know, feel like they're hanging out or like, this is just part of their routine, you know? And it's like, how do you create content for that sort of person? Like, this is not the thing that I'm used to doing. Right. And just thinking about, the content that is getting consumed and the type of stuff that people are still watching. And I, I at least like look at Twitch a decent amount, basically just trying to find something to have on in the background. And it's like, obviously aspiring spike is killing it. And to, to some extent there's like, you know, Nassif playing a little bit of modern canister, uh, doom wake. And there, there's certainly like a market for that. And it's like, why, right? Like some of the, some of the folks are going to their local store and playing modern and maybe some of the, there's some overlap in folks who like also play in the queues and play in the challenges and stuff, but mostly it's just entertainment. Right. And they happen to like modern or the card pool or like, that's what they're most familiar with. And yeah. obviously liking the personalities helps a lot too. And I, I was just thinking like, man, if we could have gotten like a room set up where we could just like play against each other and it, it wouldn't be like necessarily educational. It's like, you know, we did the uh, versus live type of stuff for a while. And 
I think that when it was like me, Brad, Todd, like we had a lot of good conversations about what people would want to watch and like what would get them to watch and the types of things that people were responding to you. Cause like when it started, it was just me and Brad. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, we're going to make like hard hitting educational content. And then people were just like, nah, man, like we, we don't, we don't care about that. It's like, we, we like the part where you made the joke and I laughed and it was like, damn, you know, <laughs> it, that was like the first instance of, like slamming headfirst into, Oh, like what we thought that people would right. want to consume is not actually what they want to consume. Yep. And I, I, I would just want to do something. And I, I actually think like Brad would be the perfect person to do this with given like his personality and my personality where it's like, we just, you know, pick formats that are fun and interesting and somewhat relevant. And we could just like play games and like kind of shit talk each other, you know, to like just play the games but like have fun with it. And if it devolves into like us talking about war in the Ukraine or whatever, like that's fine too. But just being like able to banter back and forth, I think would be so good. And the game itself is kind of like a backdrop. And then like, maybe at the end we could like talk about the game itself or whatever. And like what happened, why, what we change about our deck, et cetera. But like, I think it's just like you get personalities in a room playing magic. And I, I think that that sort of content would be awesome. I love that you bring that up because you do you know what I did for the first time this week? First time ever. Did you watch in, Game Nights? I did. Yeah. I, did. I, I watched an episode <laughs> of Game Nights and I'm like, this is this is really good. Yeah, dude. Really, really yeah. good. For exactly the reason you're stating. And and, and they they also like talk about the game yep. way more than they banter or whatever, but like the the personalities they have are what sells it, right? And one hundred percent. There are there are a lot of other shows that are like it too. And it's like you don't need the absurd production quality they have. I think it helps. And a lot of the stuff that they do makes it easily accessible for a lot of folks. Yep. Uh, I, I think there's, there's multiple ways to present that kind of vibe. There, there's another, uh, a flesh and blood channel. I want, I watch actually, I was thinking about them today. Uh, someone mentioned they're from the Ukraine. They're, they go oh, by Fa- Fabrica. Uh, it's a smaller channel, not a ton of subs, but if you like flesh and blood, you can check them out. Hopefully they're doing okay right now. Yeah, no kidding. But basically they, they they just play games against each other. You know, as I've spent more time around the game, I see some flaws in their deck lists. I am not sure strategically I always agree with what they're doing, but it's not even like they banter. They, they, they stay pretty on task, but their production value is very high. They communicate extremely well. And there's almost sort of like a, relaxed uh, ASMR is not exactly the right word I'm looking for, but it's just like they do things in a very distinct manner in a very repetitive almost manner. And it's just like this smooth flow and there's something to be said for just like making easily digestible, enjoyable, peaceful magic content. I know that's weird because we focus so much on just like competition battling and, a lot of it is just like making stuff for people to chill out with. And right. um, yeah, it, it was a weird lesson to learn our first, at least for me, my first few years around the community is just like, well, not everyone wants exactly what I want. And then you know what? 
I don't even want exactly what I want. Like, I think I want this and then I get it and I'm like, I don't really want this. Like, this is, this is fine for a little bit, but like, I don't want to be lectured to week after week. And I, I, I'm not really trying to go through magic boot camp. Like I mostly just want to have a good time here. And, uh, there's, there's still a lot of ways to do stuff like that. So I, I I still do want the boot camp, you know? And, I, and and there's other people who feel the same way you do, yeah. who absolutely want that. I don't I don't question that for a second. We're, do I think that's what most people want? Exactly, exactly. You are. But in like, the if you got two good personalities together and you had them bantering, and there was like a rapport there, and they're charismatic, and they're just playing like random modern matchups or whatever, I think that that would be a slam dunk. Yep. And it wouldn't take yeah. much either, you know, just like some some broader type of, I think, challenge would do a lot to it, sell that. It like, would, you know. but like I've been burned by that. We did we did stuff like that on the early days of Versus Live and I, I just yep. hated it, man. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But yeah, there should be like some reason to watch, but I just can't think of like a good thing for that, you know? Right. It, yeah, the, it, the, just, the concept of money grudge matches in Magic has intrigued me for a long time. And, uh, yeah, it's, but it, it's hard to do that when you're also trying to be entertaining, you know, it is, it is. Yeah. The entertainment probably has to come from a third party. Like the two people are engaged in their money grudge match. You get a little bit of the back and forth, but there's like, uh, a commentary over top of it. Right. Where you're focused on. Yeah. But like the, with them. the players are the ones that are in the game. Right. And it's just, it's kind of why I brought up like healthy shit talking. It's like, I think it's fine to like, you know, be ribbing each other. And, you know, like if you're winning or someone like misses a land drop or, or whatever, it's just like, there are a lot of opportunities to create funny moments in those instances. No, I I agree with, I think you can do both. And that's one of the things about like post post production is that you can do it after the fact and figure out where it fits. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's so much harder when it's like, not the person who's in it, you know? For sure, for sure. But like asking asking two players playing a high stakes match to carry the weight of being a hundred percent entertaining all the time. Will there be entertaining moments? Absolutely. I think those will come through naturally if you have the right people. Um, but should they have to carry the entire load? I I think there's kind of like a middle ground you could possibly seize on. See that that's why I think that like Brad and I could do it, you know. And yeah. like we we had done it at various points before. Where it's mm-hmm. like we can play magic effectively while also doing something else. It's just like kind of how we're built, you know. Right. And I, I think that you know, like Todd is another person who I think would would be very good at it too. And I would love to be able to do it with you, but I know that you've expressed displeasure at like having to talk while also playing magic. Can't do it. Do you, Do you know that when I play like meaningful magic, I not only do I not want to talk, I don't even play music. Like I, I get into a zone where I'm just like hard falling into magic. And that's the only way I can really play well. Yeah, I don't know. I'm um, too ADHD for that. It's like I like magic does not go fast enough for me. You know what I mean? It's the only thing. And one of the reasons why like I fell so deeply in love with magic as I did. And it, for years, it was the only thing that ever was able to occupy my attention like that, where I actually fell into it. And I'd look up from a game and be like, oh man, an hour just went by. And I was, I was in only this world the entire time. And, you know, as time has gone on, I've, I found that with some other games, but magic was the first thing that ever did that for me. And it was like a huge revelation. Yeah. I, I, I do feel like that too, but it's like in the downtime, I also need to be like bopping or something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. 
I, I think like the, the mocks I did really well in because we're, we're playing on laptops in front of each other and I got to listen to music. Mm-hmm. Like you take my music away and I'm, I'm so bored, dude. Interesting. Interesting. Like, like I said, it fascinates me all the ways that come up that we are very similar and then just night and day. Different yeah. Yeah. It so is. It is weird. But yeah, man. I, I think that that thing would be really good. I think that other people could do it and have it be solid. And I think that like spike stream, for example, is like a pretty good example of just the, the one man show being able yep. to do it where it's like, yeah, he talks about the games and like answers questions or whatever. But like the best part about it is just like, you know, him, his personality interacting with chat and not focusing too much on magic itself. And I think that that's what people want. And if they have a question, they can ask the question, whatever it'll get answered. But so much of that content is consumed while people are doing the me thing and not the Brian thing where it's like, you know, they're, they're also in another tab at the same time. Right. It's like the, the stuff that I want would be like the hardcore boot campy type of stuff where, Ideally, the person is like an expert on the thing and is able to go through it pretty quickly. And it's a thing that's like relevant and I care about, you know, I would love that type of content. It just doesn't exist. But for for most people, it's like, no, they just want some background stuff. And there will be moments where they're paying a lot of attention and then moments where they're going to the bathroom or whatever, you know, who knows? Minimum effective dose. Get get me as much good at magic as you can inject into my veins as quickly as possible. And I, I think that's what most people want. Yeah. And I, that's, that's another part of it too, where I, I think that we can do that stuff pretty well. Mm-hmm. And we should definitely try and lean into that where I, I think that there are people who like want to see cool decks. So it's like, we, we have the Twitter account, right? And the, the Twitter account highlights other people's decks from arena, but I did, daily decks on SCG and a little bit on daily MTG when I was working at wizards and stuff. And I'm going to bring that back too. Nice. from, from like the magic online decks. I'll probably be posting stuff on uh, Instagram at some point. Although it seems like the arena deckless account still exists, but I thought I deleted it. So I was like going to make a new one. And it's like, Oh wait, no, this, this name is already taken. So I have to figure that out. I have to get that account back. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's weird, but it's like maybe, I, it's, I, maybe it's out there like selling Ray Bans or something. I, I checked. Else. I checked. It was like six screenshots of Magic Online deck lists. And okay. I, I kind of stopped doing it because Instagram is like such a piece of garbage in a lot I of ways. Do not have an Instagram account. I'm too old for it, and I've accepted that. I can't even comment. So you you have a photo, right? Or like you take a, a, let's just use use the example that we're going to be using, right? It's like you take a snipping tool thing of a, of a deck list, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have a browser version, but you can't really use it on the browser. So I would have to put the snipping tool into like GDocs and download it onto my phone. And then I try and upload the picture from my phone but Instagram has very specific size requirements. Okay. So why I stopped doing it before was I would try and upload a deck list and it would just like cut off 30% of the deck list. Because it's trying to like make a nice selfie for you basically. Like, yeah. So there are, there's just a wide selection of apps that resize your photos to fit Instagram. That is wild to me. There's just a market for this because of how crappy Instagram is. I'm just I'm looking at uh, the snipping tool right now. When you when you do your snip, 
does it tell you the pixel size? No, it doesn't tell you anywhere. I mean, you can you can go into, uh, you know, even like paint or whatever, right? And try and like resize it, but it has to. No, be- no but that's a, that's a pain. I I don't remember for what I was doing that one of one of our various uh, internet things. I was doing some like resizing and. So when uh, when we post uh, image headers for the articles, they all need to be the same size. Okay. So maybe that was it. Maybe it was that. That's possible. Because because otherwise it's like, you know, you you clip some Oh, uh, it was whatever. I think it was for for YouTube thumbnails. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that that's kind of the same thing. But yeah, for for the website it's just like if if the image sizes are off, then the articles don't look symmetrical and it looks just super heinous, right? But yeah, so anyway, good time, um, good time to mention, yeah, we we do have a website, oh. arenadecklist.gg. And arenadecklist.com, right? We have both of them now. Yep, .com redirects to the actual one if you are just typing in stuff with inertia, you know. Nice. Uh, I got I got GG because, you know, we esports now, right? Ha, ha, ha. Gotta be. Man, we did so much work. I can't, I can't talk about it. It's fine. So much work. It's for fine. Just, just forget about it, man. All right, thanks. Uh, yeah, so we have a website. I, I'm going to do uh, Deck of the Day stuff. I don't know what... I should probably start doing that soon, huh? I think... Let me, okay, so it's the 24th when we're recording this, right? Yeah. My lease ends on the 28th. As soon as that is done, I think like that is the, the last major headache that I have to do. And yeah, March 1st, new month, new new arena deck list. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems silly to be like, oh, I'll start it on the 1st, you know, when it's just like, oh, I should just be doing it whenever I have time. But yeah, uh, I, I'm going to be doing that. So there, there will be daily content ideally and i think what i'm gonna do is like try and front load it so i'm not just like every day like you know trying to post a thing and then mm, i'm gonna wake so up like do like five scheduled posts yeah or something. and then yeah. there's gonna inevitably be a day where i wake up and i'm like i don't feel like doing this and it's just gonna derail everything right so it's like i'm gonna do that i'm gonna i want to cross post to instagram i don't think i'm gonna post it on the twitter account because it's still arena deckless and these are a lot of modern decks honestly yeah and then my my office is like halfway set up, maybe like a third of the way set up, depending on how you want to look at it. I currently have one monitor active, but the room behind me is atrocious and I don't have any lighting or anything. Uh, but once all of that gets taken care of, uh, I'll probably start streaming again. And there will likely be some cross promotion between like the deck of the day type stuff and the decks that I'll play on stream because a lot oh, of them very cool. are, are very sweet. I have, I have like a, a backlog of, 20 or 30 decks just from like the last few weeks going through the results and everything. Nice. I, I am looking forward to that just myself. Uh, I'll pop in on your stream from time to time. I'll, I'll do guest spots and hang out with you while you go through these, uh, these leagues. That's one of my favorite ways to actually experience this content is just, just pop in and be like in the second seat, not even like trying to really backseat drive, just like hang out. Yeah. Talk about what's going on. I, I mean, it's better for me too, because then you kind you kind of get like, the sort of like game nights experience that I'm talking about, right? Where it's just like yep. a couple, a couple people with good personalities. There's a game as a backdrop, but like, you know, do you really care about the minutia of like, you know, what land I'm playing on turn three and why? Probably not. So, you know, I, I want to, I want to shift the content more in that direction. And then certainly I, I still want to do written content with like deck guides and sideboarding guides and all that stuff, because like, I'm really good at that stuff. Yeah, it would it would be a waste to not have you doing that. So yeah, that's that's kind of the problem too. Is a lot of the stuff for for content that I think would be really good, I just don't feel like I'm suited for. You know, and it's just like God, I just I wish that 
I, I could like clone myself and give them a, a good personality or whatever. You, you, you wish you were a game night basically. Yes and no. Like I said, it's not exactly what I would want to do because they're, they're, they're catering to a, a very low denominator, right? Where it's like, Oh, you- I don't, I don't think they're catering to anyone. I think they're just making the show they want to make, which is I, what I found to be the best part about it. Like I, they were just so genuine and like seemingly yes. just doing what they wanted to do. I, I, I don't mean that as a dig or as an insult or what I'm just saying. It's like very easily accessible for someone who has just gotten into magic. Sure. Or sure. Or whatever, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fortunate that what they want to do lines up with that. And, and I don't necessarily think that I need to have the bar be like that low. Right. Cause that's right. Those those sort of folks are not going to be the type of folks that like find me right away, right? So it, it and ultimately, matter. it's about your own enjoy. Like you have to play in the way that works for you. Is what it will always come back to. So I think that's one of the things we learned when we were doing like the the brawl for all stuff and like just trying to get out there in more spaces is just didn't really feel right to me anyway. Like I I had a okay time, but I I felt like I was trying to be something I wasn't. So. That, that's the thing I always come back to with all of this stuff is just like, do the thing that makes you happy. And I think I will have a lot of opportunities to do things that make me happy with our new setup. So if y'all want to support that, we'd appreciate it. That'd be dope. Do we want to talk about like monetization? Because we're looking at a real low monetization model here is, is basically our plan. And we just want to say, hey, if you like us, you like what we do, come by, help us do it. If you can't do that, You'd be able to check out most of it anyway, I think. I don't know. Even even outside of like directly monetizing it. And I realize that, you know, this the streams I've been doing have been like impromptu or whatever. And at some point I will have a schedule. Like like I said, you know, I've been moving and, and busy and whatever. It's tough to like actually hammer down a consistent schedule. But like once all this stuff gets settled, hopefully that'll be okay. But basically, like I was kind of disappointed by like the the turnouts that the streams had, you know? Mm-hmm. Where people are just like, you should stream, you should stream, and then just like, well, no one shows up. So like, what the hell am I doing? And granted this, the support that I got, like the monetary support from like subs and everything, like that was very good for the amount of people that showed up. Mm-hmm. But, but honestly, like you, you want to support us and the content we make, just show up, click on the thing, watch the thing like that, that honestly helps so much more, you know? Yep. And again, like I tweeted about like, okay, you know, you want to, see what's next for us, like go follow the the Twitch channel, right? And I got like a hundred followers, which is not a lot when I'm tweeting to 40,000 people. Yeah. No, that's true. Low conversion rate. Uh, I, I think, you know, the onus is on on us to make it worthwhile, make make the time worthwhile, invested in what we're going to be doing. And I I really have no doubt that we will be able to do that. I am still very confident in the content we can both make in this space. And I, I still think there's people who want it. So uh, we will, we'll do it. I do we'll too. Just, just and it happen. I, I know that we're going to make it worth it. And I understand why people might be like apprehensive or whatever, but it's also like, well, if you, if you follow me on Twitter or you listen to the podcast, or you know what kind of content we're able to produce, you know? So it's like, why would you do like a wait and see with like Twitch type of stuff or whatever? It's like, if I if I ask you to follow the channel, just follow the channel, right? Like it's not that hard and costs you nothing. So <laughs> you will enjoy this content. You will take it and you will accept it and you will have a good time watching it. I don't know. That's what that's what I'm trying to tell people. You know, just not listening. <laughs> Gerald, people are complicated, complicated animals, and we all have our own incentives. And look, there's things I love that like I I'll be like, man, I really enjoy this thing, and then I don't 
subscribe to it on YouTube or it's people I interact with on Twitter. I'm like, that was a pleasant interaction. I really like this person. And then I don't follow them. I don't know why I do these things. It just, it, it just takes time. And there, there are some times when I don't do that. And I, you know, I, I certainly notice it and I feel bad about it or whatever, but I also think that I'm like pretty good at following through on that stuff. So uh, you, I, are, you are a conscientious, thoughtful person. I, uh, I, I create content for a living, right? So like, I, I, I know the sure, game, I know, you know how it worth. works, you know? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I'm telling folks right now, like I'm bringing it up because I realize that maybe you don't know this or whatever, but it's like, dear God, follow the Twitch channel. If you're just like, I'm never going <laughs> to watch. Dear God, please. I'm never going to watch. I'm never going to subscribe. You know, I'm probably not going to go to your website or whatever. It's like, well, okay, you want to support us, but you don't want to give us five bucks a month or whatever. That That's understandable. I get that. But like, you know, follow the channel or something like it, it, it does help. It helps a lot. It does. Got to play those algorithms, baby. Yeah, that matters. But it's also just like it it makes me feel like this is a thing that I should continue doing. Because when people are always just like, when are you going to stream? When are you going to stream? And then I'm like, OK, now. And then like no one shows up. No one follows the channel or whatever. It's like, well, is, is this something that like y'all actually wanted and cared about and are going to show up for or, or not? Should I just not be doing this? Like, I don't know, man. I see this is, this is like the root of my beef with the entire Twitch space and why I have basically never committed to it is that as soon as you like acknowledge the metrics, you can't have fun anymore. Like it's not, it's just, it just doesn't work for me. As soon as I'm like, man, I really wish more people were watching or I'm like, Oh, I had, you know, X viewers for the last stream and I have Y viewers for this stream. Do I need to be more entertaining? Am I doing something wrong? As, as soon as you start down that path, you're, you're just done for in my eyes. You just got to like show up, have fun and hope people turn out. And I, I think given what you know, given your ability to be an entertaining streamer while you play, uh, people will just come and it'll, it, maybe it takes time. Maybe it shouldn't take time. No, but it, it will. And I, I have faith in my ability to grow organically. I, I did it before in right. uh, 2014 when probably things were a lot harder, honestly, you know? So I can, yeah. I can definitely Less do eyeballs, that again. For sure. But uh, it's just, it's annoying when, you know, people are saying like, Oh, do the stream thing. Right. I would love that. And I heard that for years. And then it's just like, okay, well, now I have 30 people watching me. It's like, well, what the hell? But uh, for for folks who, you know, want to be better supporters of, of their streamers, let me tell you how much easier it is to be a streamer when there are people actually saying shit in chat. Yeah. It, it helps a ton because it's like you can be super entertaining, but it's really difficult to carry everything by yourself. And it is the interaction that makes it super simple and honestly just like improves the product for everyone. Yeah. It makes it more fun. Yeah. So that, that's another thing too, where it's like magic folks are not like the biggest chatters. And I, I would go watch like a Genshin streamer or whatever. And it's like, there's, there's infinite people chatting, like they're using the emotes and stuff, but it just seems like the magic people are not Twitch people, you know, which I, I don't blame them. It's not, like I, I wouldn't consider myself like a Twitch person. Like I watch streams, but I'm, I'm not in there like spamming emotes either. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to shake out a handful of hard to swallow pills right now into my hand and, and present them to you virtually, Gerald, you old is what it comes down no, to. I know, I know. <laughs> and, and your people are old and it's just like a, a different, 
different language. I mean, I, I don't know how to be a Twitch chat participant. Like that's not a language I learned, but I see younger people do it. And it's just like, yeah, another thing that has passed me by. It's it's weird. So but I, I think you're probably attracting an older audience than the average Twitch stream. That would be my guess. And that, is, again, that's why I'm bringing it up because if you don't know, now you know. Right now, you know, and I'm not saying this like as a criticism of folks, it's just like, how dare you not be chatting? It's just like, yo, if, if y'all chatted more, things would be a lot easier and be like a lot more fun. And uh, the stream would just be better as a whole. The, the, the reason I don't chat is because I usually have it on my TV and it's I, I don't know why the integration is so bad, but it's just like it is. It is really bad. Yeah, I, I can set it up so I can like maybe type on my phone because I have an Apple TV or whatever. But even that is like not super fluid or anything. So there are some streams where I feel like an overwhelming urge to chat. So like watching some of Todd Anderson's streams recently where he's like going through the old events and everything. Mm-hmm. I have I've been saying a lot of stuff in his chat because, you know, like he and I were going to like the same events, like we're carpooling together. So it's like, he brings up a thing. I add on to it. Like what, you know, one of the things he said was like, Oh, Jerry, like love this deck. I was like, dude, I hated that deck. What the hell are you talking about? You know, (laughs) it's just like, those are the things that like make me want to chat. But like, uh, I still, I still don't, you know, I have to like download like TTV or BTTV or some shit to like use the weirdo Twitch emotes. And it's like, why? I, uh, I don't even open chat when I watch Twitch. I'm probably committing some kind of horrible Twitch sin, and maybe this will. No, because the lurkers are important too, Brian. Their lurkers do matter, but like, you know, in order to make the lurkers happy, you probably need some shatters to make it easier for the streamer to do their job too. You know, it's just how it works. I'm saying I don't even have the window open. Like, I don't even know what's going on in the chat. No, and that's, that's fine. The only exception being if I know the streamer, then I'll be like, hey. Otherwise, it's just, I, I don't know. It feels weird to me. It's the same reason why if I'm playing an MMO, I have to stop as soon as multiplayer content is uh, required because I feel weird talking to humans over there. Oh, internet. yeah. I, I hate that too. But and, and here I am talking for a living and getting ready to do some more broadcasting. No, and I'm like, ooh, people terrified. No, it's like one-on-one though, you know? It is different, yeah. But So if you're, if you're watching a stream and you have the chat closed and you're just kind of like AFKing or lurking or whatever – or even if you're paying 100% attention, it's still more entertaining if there are people chatting to the streamer, yes? Because then the streamer uh, has more stuff to talk about. It, dep- it depends why I'm watching them, for sure. It's weird. My, I, I guess when I go to Twitch, it is usually for like boot camp type stuff. Uh, I've been watching some King of Fighters streams lately, just like trying to understand various characters. And I don't really care about the chat interaction. I just want to see what the player is doing. Yeah, so then you're, you're just like... Talk about what you're doing more. Don't talk to stupid Twitch chat. Yeah. Yeah. But again, old, old and not built for that entire platform. So I, I, I don't question that you have it right. I, I'm just saying I'm weird about it. Yeah. But like I'm saying, dude, like you are an important part of the ecosystem too. Well, thank you. Now I feel good about myself. Just hanging out, lurking and uh, getting those numbers up. Dude, lurkers matter. It's, so one of the things that uh, I've, I've been doing that I figured out is actually gas. And for the folks that are streamers do this too, where it's like, you know, people will just be like uh, asking like, you know, Twitch chat a question or whatever, or, or maybe you, you think a thing is true. uh, So you just like say your position, but there comes a time, maybe like once an hour 
for me at least, where I can say something to the effect of like, you know, push push one if type one in chat if like X is true or whatever, just to like gauge reaction and get people interacting. And a lot of the time, it's just it's stuff where they might be lurkers, but they have such a strong opinion about this thing that they have to hit the number. They're willing to hit the one. And it, it's so sick because uh, some of the times when I do that, it's just like half the people, it, it tells you when they're like first time shatters, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, that is the type of thing that can help get people engaged. Look at this. Little, little tips for Twitch streamers. We're doing everything on this episode. And it, it's so simple too, you know, instead of just saying like, oh, is it's the best deck? It's like just, you know, press one if Allbreaker Horror is a messed up card or whatever. And then you get a bunch of people who are pushing one, and then some people were pushing two, and then some people were saying funny stuff. Yeah, do, Brian. Do you hear me? Brian Cameron was jamming the one. Brian is a lifetime lurker, and I was still able to like get me. it. Like he he just went three rooms over to go to his keyboard so he could slam one. You know, you got me. Wow. And it's like that that helps with metrics for a lot of people too. So like if if you're a new streamer or you're like trying to hit various metrics for like hitting affiliate and stuff like that, like you need. X amount of people chatting at yeah, a certain time chatters, and stuff like that, yeah. right? So, yep. boom. Easy way to go, and it creates interaction, and it's like you're you're getting folks to opt in in the lowest like barrier way possible, right? It's, it's so easy to just hit one and like not have to explain yourself. Uh, a way I would love to live my life, honestly. If I could just walk around hitting one all day and not explaining myself, it would be so much simpler. Yeah, it's just, it's just binary, right? And then... You know, you you clearly see what people are invested in, like who's who's actually like paying attention and watching the stream and everything, and then that mm-hmm. can create discussions. And once you break down that barrier of like, oh, you hit the enter key once already, it's like, well, maybe you're gonna do it again. Maybe you'll type a full sentence this time. Now I feel manipulated into chatting when I come to your stream, so I'm I'm gonna watch you very carefully and see if you're trying to trick me into into talking, it, and then I'll talk I'll talk in chat about how I refuse to talk. It can't be forced, you know, but like there are definitely things that come up organically where I don't know, it's like something will happen, someone will be like, ah, well, you know, that card's fine, and I'm just like, what? No, absolutely not, you know. Folks in chat like hit one if <laughs> this person is wrong or whatever, right? It's like those situations come up so often and so easy. Seems like a good way of dealing with it. Yeah, folks show up, even if you're Brian, even if you're lurking, even if you, you know, follow the channel and then unsubscribe from email alerts or whatever. I don't care. Just give me, give me like the numbers going up thing that makes me think that this is worth doing. Everyone keep tricking Jerry into making more content. I'll appreciate it. We'll all appreciate it. And I'll, uh, I'll do my part as well to keep you all informed, keep this train going. Um, it, it was a weird week, but I think it can ultimately be a good week in terms of the type of content we produce and what we're able to do for people in the community. Game. Good luck.